All right, everyone, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Deer Gear Podcast. Today, I am fired up to share with you guys our guest, Painted Arrow Outdoors. These guys have jumped onto the scene with their stabilizer bow mount that is magnetic that you attach your phone to for another angle to film your hunts or more importantly give you a visual of the shot uh, at the moment of truth so their goal is to help hunters recover more game and i can get behind that my emotions absolutely take control of me at the moment of truth and i tend to black out so having that visual representation film of the shot or where the deer was standing when I shot could be the difference between recovering your game or not. They also have a bunch of different innovative products. They released a few new products the week that I recorded this episode with them. So make sure you guys are checking out Painted Arrow Outdoors. In this podcast, you learn all about how they came to be and the story is incredible. But as I said, I am fired up this morning because today, May 19th, we are kicking off the Exodus anniversary sale. Exodus has been trailblazing the marketplace for the last eight years, and it would not be possible without all of our awesome customers listening to our content and buying our products. So as a thank you to everyone, we are offering 25% off site-wide. Outside of Black Friday, this is the steepest discount that you will get from now until November. So if you need to stock up on some Exodus products, if you've been on the fence, right now is the time. Just use the code DG at checkout. DG standing for Deer Gear. So the Deer Gear podcast, if you want to support me and support Exodus and make sure that I'm still here to give you guys some value, make sure you're using that code at checkout. That way we can track the impact that I'm having. But guys, with a deal this hot, it's only good for the first 300 Exodus renders or 300 Exodus rivals. There is no limit on the Exodus MMT. So if you guys have been listening to this podcast and you want to support me and support us and try out simply the most accurate hunting arrow you can have, right now you can save 25% on those arrows. That's the steepest discount you'll ever see on the Exodus MMT. In case you are only familiar with the arrow side of what we have going on, let me tell you about some of my favorite products here. The Exodus Render, our flagship cell camera powered by Verizon technology, lightning fast transmission speeds, making it one of the speediest in the industry. Plus, it works flawlessly when it matters most. You can save up to 125 bucks on the Exodus Render Security Bundle or 110 bucks on the Render itself. So use the code DG Podcast for those savings. And then we just released the Exodus Rival this year. So if you're looking for a more budget-friendly option, still jam-packed with features, you can get that camera for under $140. This is backed by a five-year no BS warranty. It's absolutely insane. I think it's $134.99 for the camera with 25 percent off so stock up on those things use the code dg at checkout and i don't think i need to tell you guys about the arrows but if you need to hear about them these are tailor built to your bow specs we are simplifying the arrow buying process you tell us what you're shooting and we're going to build you an arrow that we guarantee will fly flawlessly for you you can save up to 70 bucks on a dozen exodus mmt arrows so don't miss that opportunity. Support me, support us. Use the code DG at checkout. And with that said, guys, let's get into today's podcast. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Deer Gear Podcast. I'm back with 
some gear guys. So I know I have been super heavy on the arrow content and I'm sure some of you guys are sick of me hearing me talk about arrows. So I figured today I would have the fellows from painted arrow outdoors on, uh, because I was just out back shooting with it. So, uh, I'm excited to have Nate and Devin here with painted air outdoors. How you guys doing today? Good, man. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Doing really good. Super pumped to be on here. Cool. Thanks for uh, thanks for taking some time out today. I have listened to a few podcasts myself, um, kind of on the backstory of Painted Arrow. And then I know you were on, both of you guys were on the Land Podcast with Jake. That was kind of yep. my introduction to it. So um, before we go all the way into that, why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves one by one and uh, we'll start talking about Painted Arrow. Yeah, first. I'm Nate Hicks. Um, live in Michigan. Love bow hunting. Very, very passionate about bow hunting. Um, started Painted Arrow probably four to five years ago, and uh, yeah, really happy to be here today. Talk more about the products and uh, get to know you better as well. So that's me. I'm Devin. Devin Cole. Um, been a bow hunter pretty much most of my life. Got got into it probably at the age of twelve. So big, big bow hunter. That's kind of what I would identify as primarily when it comes to hunting. Um, Nate and I have been buddies since elementary school. Um, as he said, he started Painted Arrow maybe five years ago. And then we recently came together, um, you know, and kind of made it a joint venture in the last two-ish, two to three years, something yep. like that. Um, and yeah, we're, we're, we're pumped to be here. Cool. Well, thank you guys again. Um, growing up in Michigan, the outdoors has to be a part of your life, right? Like it's just one of those things where if you live in Michigan, you're either a fisherman or a hunter, it seems. So um, you guys didn't really have much of a choice growing up. It's one or the other. So um, Nate, why don't you start with kind of your background in the outdoors? Background in the outdoors. Um, Devin and I, we really kind of have a similar kind of upbringing um my grandfather was a real old school guy um i always like to call him like the the generation of the bucket hunters right shotgun was was it you go out with a bucket maybe like a, a crate and you sit up against a tree you maybe would go out the night before and kind of like find your little spot and clear the leaves but um yeah my grandpa was a super old school guy my first memories of hunting probably were um sitting like on a platform stand elevated in a tree that he built. Like I, he would sit on a bucket and I was like sitting on the two by fours that were fastened to the tree, kind of like right between <laughs> his legs. <laughs> and like, that was, that was like my first, like my first memories. Um, my dad too, is a big part in, in, in my childhood in terms of, you know, just getting me outdoors, but um, didn't really pick up bow hunting per se um, from either of them. That was kind of like a, thing that I figured out on my own, probably been hunting with a bow for 10 years now, um, give or take. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's just like you said, in Michigan, there's a lot of water. We have a lot of awesome fishing opportunities with the Great Lakes, obviously. But, um, you know, Devin and I, we talk a lot about whitetails. That's what we're passionate about. And I, in the last couple of years, it seems like we've been seeing world-class deer getting on, you know, really good deer um, in our area for Michigan. I know everybody hates Michigan, but we've been, we've been blessed in the last couple of years to just be hunting like really awesome age class bucks, um, kind of living a dream. Devin and I are, are having a ton of fun right now um, with our company. Um, we're best of friends, like he said, from a young, young age, we've 
um, we've, we've been, we, we went to elementary school together. Yeah. Um, but we really did rekindle our love for one another kind of like just after college. Um, and bow hunting wildly enough brought us together, like on a completely different level. And, um, yeah, that's kind of went a bunch of different ways there, but that's kind of my, uh, my upbringing in Michigan and, and kind of what, what got us to today. That's super cool. Devin, you have anything to build on there? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> Nate, Nate said it. we had similar upbringings. It was my grandfather that got me into the outdoors. Um, my dad really do- doesn't hunt. Um, he is a big fisherman. So that was a, a big influence as well. But, um, my grandfather took me hunting for the first time and it was, it was similar. Like we went, went into the woods the night before, cleared out a spot at the base of a tree, built a blind out of some sticks, you know, as we walked back out, took these little reflective thumbtacks and put them on the trees. So we knew how to get back to where we were going in the dark. And yeah, I remember like I was eight years old and squirted dough piss all over my boots <laughs> into the woods we went. So it was, <laughs> it was, yeah, it, it was a different, you know, generation of hunters, but, um, same thing. He, he wasn't, <clears throat> he, <clears throat> he kind of did get into, into some, bow hunting and that's like the first person that gave me a bow was was him but he um you know i kind of took it to a new level and and you know nobody in my family really was a, a hardcore bow hunter necessarily so similar to nate I, it was something that was like introduced to me i was made aware of it but then that's i kind of just took it on myself uh to figure out how to how to bow hunt really um but yeah fishing fishing's a huge part of uh our life here in michigan as well so Super and cool. just to quickly, uh, sorry to interrupt, just to quickly add on to that, I think Devin and I, like, we kind of, we kind of like hit bow hunting at a very similar time. Like when our friendship kind of came together, we were at the same like evolution, right. Yeah. In terms of learning how to pattern, like we like ran trail cameras for the first time, kind of like together in that same time frame. So like we, we've kind of done a lot of the things on the same levels at the same times at the same steps at the same, you know, everything. So intervals. Yeah. It's made the learning curve fun because we're at a very similar stage. So like we figure something out and we share that, but we're at it and like we're progressing together almost because we were, we started at basically the same spot at the same time. That's super cool. I, I wish I had something like that. I wish I had someone that was at the stage that I'm at that is very similar in age that I was close to. That's that's a really cool dynamic. What around what time, around what age were you guys when you hit that point? I killed my first like good deer that I was pumped about with a bow at uh, maybe like 21, 22, I think. Um, and so I would say like 21, 22, 23 is when he and I like linked up. I like agreed bow hunting was this thing. And, and, you know, we weren't necessarily painted and painted or sorry, partnered and painted arrow at that point, but that's when we like became each other's guy when it came to bow hunting, I, I would say. Yeah. We, we always like to joke. We're like two nuts in a sack. <laughs> we go together. You know what I mean? Like one's a little lower, but we support each other. You know what I mean? So that's that's kind of Devin and Nate in a, in a nutshell and a, in a sack. So <laughs> that is fantastic. <laughs> How old are you guys now? Uh, 28. 28. Yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah, not too long ago. Very similar uh, to myself. I'm 30 right now and I shot mm-hmm. my first buck with a bow it's eight years ago. So I would have been 22 years old. Um, yeah. Like kind of went down the same path and kind of what um, really sp- stoked my fire i'm gonna jump a little bit ahead here but kind of what stoked my fire was there was a a local um 
team, so to speak, a media team that was filming their hunts. And I was watching it. I was like, man, I want to do that. And I, I had a lot of interest in videography and photography. So it was like a, a little match there. You know, I would take my camera into the woods and I would start filming. So that was kind of, um, kind of how, like what really pushed me to get into it. So the, um, product that we're talking about today has some crossover there. So that's kind of why it piqued my interest. But, um, before we get too far into the product, there is a really, really cool, interesting story on, uh, it's a success story. Like you've never heard, but with Nate yourself, um, living out of a boat after being <laughs> a, um, you worked for the Montana wildlife department, correct. And then yep. came back and lived in a boat. And, um, for folks that are like, uh, just, it's not, I wish I could do that, you know, must be nice. You know, they're not, not willing to sacrifice anything. So why don't you tell your story and that could act maybe as a little bit of a motivation for someone. Yeah. So it's funny you say that, like people that I know, um, living in Michigan, the West side of Michigan, Lake Michigan, um, like people who actually have boats and live in boats, most all of them are blue collar kind of guys. And I kind of had that same perception probably when I was a kid as well. Like, you know, that's for rich people, but um, white collar, you mean? No, a blue collar. Oh, really? Like guys, like it's, it's expensive, right? So yeah. like a lot of guys are working on their own rigs. They're oh, doing okay. the maintenance themselves. They're guys to just yeah. diesel mechanics or whatever. Um, but anyway, the, the story kind of, I guess, starts like, um, like you said, I was working for the Montana Fish and Wildlife out of, um, as my internship for, for college. And I have a business, um, major minor in entrepreneurship. And at that time I was like, if I'm sitting in a desk doing my job on a day-to-day -day basis, like I was picturing myself in the future, like, what am I going to do? I was going to be very upset with myself if I wasn't doing something with like wildlife or something that I was just absolutely just throttled with. Right. So hunting was like an obvious thing. Everybody kind of grows up watching YouTube and they're like, Oh, I, somebody's getting paid to hunt. And there's just this total misconception of what the real industry is. And so all this kind of led me to wildlife, right? Um, did that job was working in the, um, the Yellowstone river, um, in Glendive, Montana at the paddle fishery, a uh, paddlefish fishery at an intake site. And I was doing work for them and I just fell in love with the country there, fell in love with the game that was there, you know, just available to hunt. Um, big mule deer box I was seeing. Uh, I was just captivated when I was really young. I was like, man, I got to come back here. So I came back to Michigan, finished out my school, and um, I was dating then my wife, and I was waiting for her to get out of school. And my thought process was that I'm not going to buy a house because then I'm, it's going to be harder to sell and it's going to be harder to go back to Montana, you know, once, once we're ready to move. And that was my whole thing, like, got to get back to Montana, got to get back to Montana. So I bought this boat. And it was like, I mean, I, I got it for like seven grand, um, off of Craigslist. I found it on Craigslist. It was a sweet boat. It needed a ton of work. It was basically totaled. And, um, I bought it and I fixed it up. So like during the days I would go to work, I would come home. When I say home, it was this boat that was what we call on the hard, which means it's not in the water. It's on jack stands, um, on cement or whatever. And I, when I bought this boat, the part of the deal was that I would get to work on it while it was in this guy's backyard, basically. It was in <laughs> it was like I, I would get to work on it there and leave it there until I got it seaworthy. So so I was working on it and I was fixing it up and, and I would sleep on it 
like when it was in his backyard, like that was where I would work till dark work. Till I couldn't keep my eyes open. And then I would get up in the morning and I'd go back to work. And I, I did that for probably three months until I got it seaworthy. And I remember that day that we put it in the water. It was like, man, I hope it floats. So, <laughs> um, cause I was all in, you know what I mean? Like I, I was renting at the t- time and I kind of had already planned on exiting the rental and I'm, I'm not trying to make this too long, but there's a lot of details that I think make the story good. Um, so Anyways, living on the boat, and that's kind of like when Painted Arrow like was a thing, um, a starting point, I guess. And um, I was doing a lot of podcasts. That's that's kind of how it started. I was just interviewing anybody that would listen um, in terms of, you know, I always like to say that I was interviewing like butterfly experts. I interviewed a sea turtle guy expert. Um, we did a one on the dog sledding tour. Like I was just interested in talking to people about, the you know, the outdoors and wildlife. And then um, all the while, um, kind of fast forwarding through time, getting ready to, my my wife was about to graduate. um, And so we started looking for places in Montana to live. And it was like a huge risk. I mean, anybody who knows where Michigan is, where Montana is, like, I didn't have any family in Montana. Like, that's a really big move just to just go for the first time, get married and just go find a place to live and find a job. And like, it, it was, it was a big undertaking. So I remember we started looking for farms and looking for property because I was wildly, you know, enthralled with, with land. And um, it's a long story. I'm not going to tell the whole story, um, but went and looked at this specific property and um, in Michigan, in Michigan. Yeah. Yep. And I, I went and looked at this property. I probably looked at, I don't know, at least 15 different properties, investment type things. Some, some were like ranch style homes where you could potentially live for a long time and, and have like 60, 70, 80 acres. Um, and I remember I went and looked at this one and the first time I drove uh, down, down the road frontage, like just, you know, I had my Onyx out and I'm looking at the road frontage. There was this giant rack that I saw in the CRP grass, like right next to this house, a giant rack. I mean, the biggest thing I'd ever seen ever. <laughs> and, um, and I remember like whipping the truck around, did, did finish driving the road frontage, turned around, went and parked the truck, pulled out my iPhone and I went and like jumped this buck and I got video of this buck running away. And he was a hundred and he had to been 150, 155, 60 inches. And for, for me at that time, like the deer completely captivated me. Right. Um, completely. I mean, it's, it's hard for me to explain to you how, like, I really felt truly like that was like God telling me, you, you know, Nate, I want you in Michigan. I want you to live at this farm. Like it was so crazy. Like I, it sounds funny probably for some people, but I ended up buying the farm and um shot this buck the next year on october 1st what? shot the buck he scored 164 and through uh he was he was an eighth shy of 165 inches so i call him 165 which for me biggest buck i've ever shot seen heard of anything like that in the state of michigan um but all to kind of wrap this all in full circle like I don't, I, it's, it's all documented. There's a video of this, of this buck. And from the time that I saw it, um, it's kind of like a documentary style. And Devin was a huge part in that. And that's kind of like, kind of right around that time where like painted arrow really started. And we just had so many amazing things happen to us, like right after that. And it, it like looking back now, like it, it, it sounds funny. I'm a, I'm a faith guy, but it, that was like God starting our company for us and putting the foundations down like us as a as a a team as friends as like business partners um as as outdoorsmen and it's like 
we've been on this trajectory together that we are just, we're having a lot of fun right now. We're enjoying learning. Um, and that's kind of like the full circle of that story. But yeah, I can tell you about the boat for a long time. I can tell you so many <laughs> stories and uh, very COVID. With, there's a lot of details that go into that and i don't know if we have time for that because this is a gear podcast but that's <laughs> that's quick and dirty doing it justice that's so cool I, I when i heard that um i've heard it a couple times now and every time it's like man like talk about going all in and set like and setting yourself up sell the boat and buy a farm it's like you you're set now like you're in um and that's that's amazing i didn't know about that big deer so that's super yeah. cool that has to be an exodus podcast first uh the deer gear podcast first for sure um anyone saying that they're hunting world-class bucks in michigan and the coolest thing about that is you don't have to worry about anyone knocking down your doorstep trying to figure out where you're hunting because no one wants to go to michigan to hunt so you guys have (laughs) you guys have a little slice there that you can just you can just shout it from the rooftops and no one's going to come knocking you down yeah yeah, don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. So, Devin, you're kind of the, um, I guess, jumping into the painted arrow product. You yeah. kind of are the um, guinea pig, so to speak, of how this came to life, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like Nate said, he had started painted arrow and was doing, you know, primarily media, um, podcasts, that kind of thing. Um, all the while, you know, like I mentioned earlier, we were, we were bow hunting buddies. So we were talking all the time, but you know, painted arrow was his thing. I actually owned a, I was working with a buddy in a different company making, um, tackle like, uh, soft plastics for fishing. Um, and basically I, <clears throat> I had a couple different experiences hunting and one, you know, two, two of them in particular, I ended up making a bad shot and did not recover the deer. And I was torn up. Like, you know, everybody always says you hunt, you bow hunt long enough. It's going to happen to you. I I made it a pretty long ways in my bow hunting career before I had to experience that. And and I think that almost hit harder, right? Like I expected better out of myself and so on. And so I, I, it tore me up and I kind of started thinking, man, I really wish I would have filmed my hunt because if I had been able to get anything from that video to tell me that that shot was back and it was a liver hit, instead of going out and jumping him like I just did, and now I'm never going to find him, I would have known maybe I should have waited a little longer and I would have walked up. Like, that was the one. Like, that deer was was dead. I had him in the liver, but I ended up tracking him way too early and didn't find him. And I, if I had waited, I would have. he would have been right where he should have been. And so I, you know, tracked that deer for all night. Never, never found him, was real upset. Jumped in the truck that night and, uh, you know, th- th- that whole mindset. I'm like, man, I, I need to start filming. Like if I'm going to hunt, like I need to film at some level so I can have some intel going into a blood trail because this is ridiculous. It never looks the same when you get on the ground. You never like you, those emotions are running so high and you just, you, it's so hard to recall what happened in that moment. And I jumped in the truck and, you know, I had a, I had a magnetic dashboard mount in my truck for my phone. I like jumped in there, threw my phone up. I was pissed off. Just the, the night had gone horribly wrong. And it was like a, like a light bulb moment. Like, huh? Like what? could I make it that simple to film with my phone maybe? And cause I, cause I didn't, the idea of taking a camera arm and all of the, the stuff that typically goes in the tree with you, that didn't sound super great to me either. Like I wanted a happy medium. And so I literally went home, got home. My wife was sitting on the couch with the dog and I started taking the, the, 
the drapes over our windows off the wall. She's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I took two L brackets and I flipped them, you know, upside down, ran a wing nut and a bolt through them. And I cut this magnet off my dashboard and, you know, fat fashioned this thing together and put it on my bow. And I was like, look at this. Like I started showing her and she's like, yeah, you know, that's cool. What, whatever. And I ended up showing him. And he, he called me, he goes, I got this thing. You got to come see. And I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll come. You know? <laughs> and, uh, and so he, he looked at it. He's like, wow. Like, let's shoot it. Let's see what happens. And this was like, you know, it was, it was two L brackets held up drapes. Like there was no engineering that really went into this yet. Um, but my, my background is engineering and I work day job in manufacturing. So I was like, okay, well now let me like, we got a proof of concept here. Like it sticks and I can shake the ball around. It doesn't fall off. Like that's check. Like that's step one. Like let's now let's build one that maybe will actually perform and see if I can use this. And we built a couple and literally used them just ourselves. Like had no intent to sell it. Um, at this point, I wasn't even involved at any level in painted arrow. Um, we hunted with them for a couple seasons and then like, it's always been a goal of mine. I'm a, I have a very entrepreneurial mindset as well. Like I said, I had a, a previous business doing soft plastics for, for fishing. So like, I always knew at some point in my life, I want to own my own business. I don't want to work, like you said, sit at a desk and, and do what I'm told forever. You know what I mean? And it just, there was this really interesting crossroads. He was having a similar, you know, um, you know, similar thoughts. And it just made sense to like, what if we just come together and we release this product under the Painted Arrow brand name and, and, and run it. Um, we're patent pending on that product, both for the crossbow and the compound bow. Um, and that was kind of our initial flagship product that we launched maybe a year and a half ago, officially launched a year and a half ago, been using it for a while before that. But in terms of getting patent pending status and all the other different things that you got to do before you go to market, we, we released, um, about a year ago and um, released it at a trade show in Michigan here and then went to the total archery challenge in Michigan. And it really was well received there. And it's kind of just been honestly felt like a rocket ship since then. So. That's super cool. Yeah. And every, every product that um, gets people excited has a few characteristics to it. One, mm -hmm. it solves a problem and two, it's simple and easy to use. Everybody yeah. wants to film their hunts, whether it be for memories, whether it be for producing a product or like in your guys's case, just wanting to have something to help you better recover the animal. And I can yeah. relate to that like through, throughout so much because I don't know, we call it whatever, call it target panic, call it buck fever, call it whatever you want to call it. But I black out when I shoot a deer and I have like, and it, I, I have no patience when it comes to recovery and i just am like oh my god i think i hit him good and then my mind starts racing and like you said you can't recall once you get on the ground where was that deer actually at what tree did he run by or where did he go and it, having any type of footage to help you recall that is like it could mean recovering the deer or not which is that's the problem you guys are solving and it's so easy and so accessible and so cheap. You don't have to buy a camera. You have one with you all the time. You don't have to go buy a, a Tacticam that you screw on that the footage isn't that good anyway, and you spend a bunch of money on it. So um, hats off to you guys. Super cool product, super simple. Um, Appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. We, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but we, we kind of just had like, this epiphany that in most cases like for people who aren't super into the filming thing the nicest camera they own is their cell phone 
Like, and they're only getting better. We're all walking around with 4K cameras in our pocket. And so what we've said from the very beginning is this is not gonna, going to replace a really high-end camera on a camera arm. That, you know, that The high-end camera on a camera arm is not realizing the recoil of the bow. You're, you are giving something up to go into, your, into the woods with only your bow and your phone. But the idea is that, like you said, any intel is better than none. If I can't zoom in and see exact point of impact, but I'm using lighted knocks, I can see arrow path, I can see general placement of that arrow, and then I have the wherewithal to follow that deer for those seconds following, so like you're, you're getting his body language. You're going to maybe see the wound. You're going to be able to say, I know he ran past that oak tree. I have it on film and walk to the blood trail instead of stressing out for 20 minutes because you can't even find blood. Like it, it just... It's, it's a recovery tool. Like, it's cool. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's really cool to show your buddies the buck that you just had an encounter with, but it's a lot cooler to find him. Like, we, we, we made it as a recovery tool. We want to help people recover more game, and it's, it's that simple. Yeah, and it's like, it, it's so beneficial. The investment is low, right? And mm-hmm. all you have to do is put this on your bow. And then, like, coming from a form perspective in archery, you want to be able to hold that bow in place for as long as possible. So like having your phone on the end of it to film and making you want to follow the deer, it helps you not just put the bow down and you kind of can execute a better shot without even really knowing it. So, um, and it keeps your phone out of your hands and getting you in trouble, not paying attention to what's going on because your phone is hooked to your bow. So, um, I don't see how you can lose. Yeah. I don't know if you also did a good job of like saying for the listeners what it is. It's the Pandero Mag Pro and it is a magnetic smartphone mount that mounts behind your stabilizer so that you can quickly and easily mount your phone to your bow. We kind of just went right into it and I didn't really qualify for people who aren't watching this what it is. So um, that that's what it is. Yeah. So um, for me, I shoot a, a Hoyt and they have mm-hmm. two stabilizer mount options and I run my actual stabilizer on the lowest point. So I just have another bolt and I put this on the top portion of my stable, like where my stabilizer would go. So I don't even mount mm-hmm. this to the stabilizer. This just is mounted directly to my bow. Super cool so option you, for Hoyt guys. Do you run the the stubby stabilizer on the, on the lower port or is it a long one? A long one. It is? Because yeah. we made specifically, we call it the stubby. It's, a, it's for those Hoyt bows that you do have that lower threaded port. We actually have it here show it to you but it's it's a shorter arm so it's a two inch arm and what that it basically keeps a lot of that vibration even reduces it more because that longer arm which is four inches when you re, you know release your arrow it vibrates a little bit but when it's tighter it's that shorter arm it's it's going to vibrate even less which gives you a little bit better quality footage so yeah that's what that's what i would say to you too like you said you're running it in your other port with no stabilizer under it if you're finding yourself wanting better footage having that sandwich down on top of the stabilizer sandwiching that foam that foam is what deadens that vibration and gives you better video quality so i mean okay. if you're getting good video quality that you're happy with then you know do whatever you want but um like the key design to the product is because it's slotted um it it allows that that north and south movement and accommodates different diameter stabilizers and then the foam that comes in the kit goes on the bottom side and so you want to sandwich that down on top of your stabilizer and that like deadens that tuning fork effect when you shoot which helps the video recover quicker sure i'm out to try that that's that's um coming straight from the guys that designed it so i'll definitely i'll definitely try that out now correct me if i'm wrong um painted arrow the idea initially was a food plot seed correct 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, we were like, what are we going to do? Like, we want to be in business for ourselves. Like, let's, let's make food plot blends. Like <laughs> we were, we were both really high on like, you know, as most whitetail hunters are like managing the land, right? Like we, we absolutely love putting in a food plot. We love just understanding different species of shrubs and trees and, and grasses and, and Devin and I were on a high of like listening to, to guys like Jeff Sturgis and like that whole thing kind of was like, well, we could do this, you know, like we could, we could make food plot blends and, you know, and we kind of started down that path. And, you know, after, after like Devin said, so many people asked us like, Hey, what's that thing on your bow and how do I get one? We kind of were like, maybe we ought to scrap this food plot idea. And like, let's just try it. Like, <laughs> like we, that was our biggest thing is like, it was useful for us, but you know, we didn't know, is it going to be perceived as a gimmick? Like, are people going to use it? I don't know. And at, at some point, like we had enough people ask that we were finally like, let's just try it. Like if it doesn't take off and we sell seven of them, like bummer, like what are we out? Like, let's try it. And uh, we took like a hundred to our first show and sold out in a day and a half. And we were like, huh? Like the, <laughs> like even the people that didn't buy one were still super pumped about the product. Like we didn't get any, like that sucks. That's whole, like, we didn't get anything. We didn't get anything negative. We were like, huh, like maybe we should really give this a go here. Yeah. And I think you guys hit it at such a good time, like, mm -hmm. because not only, um, for the recovery aspect of it, but there's so many people into filming their hunts now and yeah. it's, it's becoming like a push towards filming with your phone. There's right. camera arms coming out to use for your phone. So everyone's kind of realizing the capabilities of the cameras in their phones. So you guys hit it at a, a really awesome time where it just gives people another option. It, it also, for the guys that are filming with, with nicer cameras and stuff, it's also another really cool angle. Like if you want to edit a sweet video, it's another, it's a second angle. You can have it face you instead of the deer and you're going to get your, your reaction, you know, when you're freaking out because you just shot the biggest buck of your life or they have apps that run both front and rear facing camera at the same time. So you could split screen it. Like, there's so many cool things that you can do with it. And, um, you know, like, like, like I said earlier, it's not, it's $50, not $5,000 setup. Like you're, there's a give and take, like this isn't replacing that. This is a, a lower budget, lower cost option to get people into filming their hunt. If it's going to help them recover more game. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, and I also like that the angle of when it is on your stabilizer and you can see your arrow. And if you're a super shaky guy and you can see your broadhead just like yeah. freaking yeah, just, out. Yeah. So um I yeah, I, I love it. So um you guys also released the new product you said today. Let's let's yeah. talk about that. So you want to start about that one then? Yeah. So you mean this one? Yeah. I'll just since that was the first version of it. So we originally launched what we call the GoMag. And it's 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 a basically a it's a selfie stick, right? Um we wanted an option for recovering, uh, sorry, other than the recovery, we wanted something to record before and after the shot. So like when you're on the blood trail, if you're interviewing yourself, because we were trying to get content for our company um, and it seemed like an obvious like addition to our, our system. Um, and that's what we call the GoMag. We just launched what we call the GoMag Rev 2 or 2.0. Um, and this has been a huge demand from, from our followers and, Basically, the only, the only difference on it is it's got a thread now. So all of the different, you know, there's action camera mounts, there's there's tripod heads, there's all these different, like, you know, gear accessory things that have threads on them. This is that 420 thread on it. 
you can thread it on. And if you have an arm now, you can grab it. And it's almost like a, it's a custom three-way multi-purpose tripod head um, that is super lightweight. It's super affordable. And it's, it's a lifetime warranty deal. That's like, it's like, it's almost like, why not? You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's very cool to have just in the, in the, in the pack. So that's, that's one that we actually just launched today and we're pretty excited about it. What's that going to run? I think this is 40 bucks. Wow. Yeah. No brainer. Oh yeah. You can put it on like a, like a popcorn arm. You could put it on top of a camera arm. Like a lot of different camera accessories all have that quarter 20 thread in them. And so, you know, if you want to put it on a, a clamp on the tree, you know, a clamp arm on the tree, or you want to put it on a camera arm, you can, do whatever you want, but it minimizes what you have to take into the woods with you. So, yeah. And for a, uh, someone that vlogs with their phone, um, like for tack events and stuff that mm-hmm. when you're walking around trying to hold your phone with your hand, it kind of like, I don't know, you just don't get the right angle. So I, that's super ingenious as well. Yeah. So the, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to go into the second one. Were you going to ask something else about it? No, I was going to say, what, what else have we got? So another one that we've been working on for, it's kind of been a, a while now, um, a truck mount, right? A dash mount. We, now that our users have these plates on the backside of their phones, including us, we, we're realizing how, how extremely helpful, easy, efficient these magnets can make us, right? When, we, when we're in our truck, we, we've, we've made one that has our logo on it, and that's exactly kind of how we like it, that mounts onto... Um, any hard flat surface. So it'll mount on your toolbox. It'll mount on your desk. It'll mount on your, you know, your truck, your UTV on your backhoe. We have them in all of those locations, right? So he's got one on his tractor. I got one on my tractor. We got one like in the UTV. So whenever we do anything, it's just like this system that we have now. Um, and we're building on it obviously every day, but that's, that's a really obvious addition to our line is just a, a basic truck mount, a dash mount, something that will mount on any flat surface that has a pivoting head that you can customize um, and use to just make you more efficient. So that's, that's what we're calling the truck mount. That's super cool. So does that have a like adhesive that you put on the dash and then this mounts on top of that? Correct. So you can just put it anywhere inside your truck. You're not limited to like putting it on your vents or anything like that. Correct. Correct. Cool. So that's, that's another angle that has become um, increasingly popular with even hunt films with the, like the mm-hmm. dash cam, the dash footage. I think uh whitetail adrenaline probably um, kind of made that popular. The hunting public uses it a lot. And with yep. the, the wide angle camera on the iPhone now, that's going to be a really cool angle for folks as well. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I like that. Um, on the um, metal on the back of the phone that mounts to your phone, have you guys used the MagView scope? Yep. Does well, this work with, does this work for that as well? Yeah, they, they, their, their plate works with ours and ours would work with theirs. The only thing I would say is it looks like you have the little bit smaller plate that we originally launched. We're, we're sizing up our plates, um, slightly just a little more surface area. Um, it's more in line with the size of the mag view plates, but, uh, honestly, um, and that would, that, yeah, that would work interchangeably with their system and ours. Super cool. That seems like something that can be, like you guys said, there's just so many options, endless options for, just becoming more efficient. Like you said, it's so quick. You just slap it on. Um, I love it. I love it a lot. What, uh, so what's the, what's the projection for painted era? Where do you guys see yourself in five years? 
That's a great question, man. I'll let you go first on that one. What's so say the question again. Where do you see yourselves in five years as painted arrow? Oh man. Honestly, uh, we have, we have a lot of product ideas. Um, Devin and I meet frequently. We have, we have probably 10 products right now um, that we are either ready to launch green light to go. Um, and they're just kind of waiting to space out these launches. Um, we have a lot of products that we're working on. Um, we have a lot of, a lot of things are kind of like kind of set in the next couple of years, I would say just for new product, just in terms of new product. Um, we're, we're definitely leaning into like, Hey, we're the magnet guys. I remember when we first started, it was like a, a serious conversation that we had really early on. It's like, we don't want to be known as this fad product. That's like, you know, it's, it's, it's a one and done or kind of thing. Like we, we wanted to like really be known as a brand, as a company, somebody that's like reliable. Um, you see their brand logo and it's like, Oh, we know those guys they are cool cats. You know, like we, we, we dig them. We, we want to be a part of that, that thing that they have going on. And um, we, you know, all this to say, like, I think for the next couple of years, um, we definitely are going to, listen to our our followers right we don't have a ton of followers but the people that do follow us have they're not shy about giving us feedback and we welcome it you know a lot of i know a lot of companies are maybe they they kind of like just want to keep it to themselves and they don't like that um maybe that that feedback that maybe stings a little bit but we welcome it and i think that's why we've been so good at coming up with new products is because we're just listening to the to the people that we see at shows right um people that email us we, we just try and say, Hey, you know, give us your number and let's, let's see if we can't make something for you. And like, like that's kind of our approach to business. So, um, I know I kind of rambled there, but that's, I guess where we're going, um, is just kind of fulfilling the rest of the magnetic accessories, um, unique, innovative hunting products that we we've already got on the, on the list to, to release. So I would say that's key. Like, we're just going to continue to, to innovate. Um, we, we were very intentional when we came into this, that we wanted to, uh, understand this space that is the outdoor industry. Um, you know, we don't want to necessarily be the, those are the guys that make accessories to film your hunt with a cell phone. Like we wanted to be careful to not pigeonhole it too much, but our goal is to continue to create innovative hunting products. Um, and, and a big facet of that for us currently obviously is the magnets, right. But we're, we're interested in solving problems and in a lot of cases, you know, if you're having a problem or I'm having a problem, other bow hunters are probably having a similar problem. And so, um, a big part of that is just listening to consumer feedback and what people are telling you and, and adjust accordingly. That was one, I had an internship when I was in, in college, I worked at a, a Jeep manufacturer that made Jeep accessories. Like the number one thing I took away from that is like, I remember going in I'm like, well, you make a front bumper, a rear bumper and some, some sliders. Like, what else do you make? And it was like every day or every week, they're always like getting a piece of feedback from a customer that they would turn into a new prototype and then launch a new product. Like they just listen to their customers and they tell you what they want and then you make it and sell it. And it's just, that's been a very, that was one of the biggest takeaways for me, a most impressionable thing. And like, if we listen to people and then make sure that it's, it's a viable market and there's enough demand for it. Like listen to people, they'll tell you what they want. And then if they want it bad enough, they'll buy it. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty straightforward. So yeah, I think in terms of like in the next five years, our goal is to continue to build a brand, um, try to, uh, just continue to innovate. 
cool. You guys are definitely well on your way. Um, you guys are both landowners now, right? Correct. Is the food plot seed coming back? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't want to say no. I mean, any, anything can happen, really. But um, no, we're not working on that currently. <laughs> when you guys are working on the on the farms and doing the food plotting, do you, are you making your own blends, or you or are you just um, using someone else that already has it? I've not not making my own blends. I've tried a bunch of different stuff. Like I'm still early. Like I've done maybe four or five years of food plots, and like every year I'm changing at least one variable because I'm like I'm just eager to learn like yeah. I've tried a bunch of different blends different companies different tactics different types of stuff like I'm in that learning phase right now and I'm just kind of just cutting my teeth and trying to consume as much content and try and screw up as many things as I can so I can learn kill big bucks when I'm old that sounds like the path of developing a good product though yeah that's it hey you got a point there <laughs> very cool um, yeah, I mean, every, as you guys stated, you guys are working on building a brand and, um, Nick, you, you said that, or Nate, you said that, um, you want people to listen to you guys or see what you're doing and say, I want to be a part of that. And every podcast that I've listened to with you guys on it, either of you, it, you give off that vibe and it's very welcoming. And, um, I'm fired up just sitting here talking to you guys thinking about like, man, I want to be a part of what they have going on. So hats off to you guys on like a super fast start penetrated the market really quickly. You guys are in shields, correct? Um, yep. You guys were selling on latitudes website. Where else can people find your products? We have them on black Ovis's website, black Ovis and camel fire. Um, camel fire is actually occasionally selling some of our, our old models. So, we originally launched this uh, the standard mag pro it's just got a smaller magnet face and we've we've since upgraded to a, a bigger magnet face that's just it, it's better better hold power and 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 um, works for for all different ranges of of bows in terms of uh draw weight, draw weight and that kind of thing so but we're a lot of our old products are are being phased out on camofire so camofire and black ovis um, Shields, uh, Lancaster Archery just launched our stuff uh, yesterday. Go Hunt. Uh, Go Hunt. Go Hunt has them on their website. Um, and PaintedArrowOutdoors.com. PaintedArrowOutdoors.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's a, you know, we've got shops in Michigan that um, that are carrying them. And then just oddly enough, last year after TAC, it it really popped off in Australia. And we had a lot of shops in Australia that were asking how to carry them. So there's a couple different places you can buy them in Australia. That's really cool. Do you have any footage of people shooting crazy things? We do actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we do. Yeah. And they're like, they can hunt like year round or something. Like the yeah. regulations are so different. So they, they have a lot more opportunity in terms of like the, like you said, this, the different game they can hunt. And then this, I don't know, I, I'd love to go over there or even get one of those guys on a podcast on our channel to like, just fully understand the opportunity there and what the regulation like it just seems way different than what we have here yeah, yeah it's almost like texas it's like our texas yeah that's cool um and you guys like you said you you have your own podcast plug that real quick yeah so painted arrow outdoors um honestly a lot of it we 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 go through phases where we have guests on but it seems like it's more of like a for us it's kind of turned into like this we talk about the things that we want to remember and maybe like look back at on um so like we talk a lot about like if we're doing a specific project on a food plot we, we talk about it um 
kind of like his friends would do. It's it's not like a, you know, you have a real specific, you're talking about gear, you're talking about, it's honestly a lot about all things, whitetail, deer hunting with a bow, a lot of product things that we talk about with our own stuff, but um, Painted Arrow podcast. Cool. It's more of like a journal. Like it's kind of like our journal of our evolution as bow hunters. And I'm sure for a lot, like there's a, probably a large amount of people it's just not interesting. Like you, if you're, at a similar age and die hard into bow hunting, I could see it being something you love, but it's, it's very niche right now. I would say just yeah. based on what we're interested in and what we're, we're documenting our growth so we can look back and be like, man, what did I do for a food, food plot that summer? And what was I thinking? And then you listen back and it's like, God, what was I thinking? <laughs> so that's, that's kind of our approach there. Well, I dig it. Um, before we wrap this up here, I want to go through both of you guys. It is um, just call it November 1st. You're getting ready for a bow hunt in Michigan. Walk me through everything that you have with you in your pack and on your person as far as gear goes. You want to go first? You go go first. Do you want like how detailed? You want down to the undies or what? (laughs) No, no, not. uh, if, If it's important to you, if it's a piece of gear that you're like, I wear this type of underwear every time for this reason, then yes, you can. Okay, so... I'm big. So it's November 1st in Michigan. Yep. Um, so in terms of gear, I I'm, I'm wearing first light depends on the weather. Cause it just depends on November. We've had 70 degree days and we've had, you know, zero. Yeah. So, um, I'm wearing first light. I'm really big into their wool. Um, I love, love their, their furnace under, under layers, the, to, to skin. Um, I love the mountaineering socks by darn tough. I'm a, I'm a big time into that sock. Um, I have a pair of crispy boots that I love, uh, for saddle hunting. It just seems like they're tighter to my ankle tighter. I can, I can actually feel like on the platform where I am better if I'm wearing rubber boots. I don't have that dexterity. I would say in my toes, which um, model those are, they're a, they're a new buck type of leather. I'm trying to remember it's the GTX something i can't remember um the heaviest ram uh insulation that they have they're the 800 gram i'm sorry i can't be nevada could be in nevada it might be the nevada it ain't wild rock it's the wild rock okay okay all right um love those boots big 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 fan of those um and then kind of going to like the pack i just have a i know some guys are like really specific about their pack I think I just have like a Walmart special it's camo and it holds my sticks. That's one thing I look for in a pack. Like I don't, when I go to the woods, I like to have my bow in my hand. And then if I need to like, you know, put it down or something, I like to have my binoculars that I can quickly grab. So I like a bag that holds my sticks in some way, shape or form that when I get to the tree, I can easily with a couple clips, buttons, you know, ties quickly get those sticks off. Um, so I don't know the name of the bag, but, I always take a grunt tube. I don't always use a grunt tube. I always take some rattling antlers, but I don't always use the rattling antlers. Um, I'm not big into like scent control at all. I don't use any products like that. Um, I used to like wash my clothes and do this and that. I think the most that I do now is I'll put on like a, like a scent free deodorant or some sort, um, because that is like very potent. Um, I shoot a Matthews phase four, I shoot um, new release uh, by Ultraview. What is that? The UV button? Yeah. UV button. 
really like that. That the seems aluminum. to be that's that's a new thing for me this year with the new bow, and that's I've really enjoyed that. I don't want to go off on a tangent there, but I'm, I'm enjoying that release. Um, am I missing anything here that I haven't hit? The sat what saddle are you using? I'm using a tethered saddle. Um, I know there's a lot of different saddle companies out there, and I've I've put my butt in some of them. Um, it's honestly for me right now. I'm using tethered because that's what I've always used, and I'm like I. I'm invested in it. It's kind of like, uh, like, yeah, it's like, like you can't switch. I, I, I don't know. I just haven't switched. It's not that I dislike any other saddle companies. Cause I know there's like, for example, latitude, they have this really cool magnetic, you know, flap that kind of comes down. I really like that, but I, it's, again, it's a, it's an investment. I have, I feel like I have a really nice saddle for my, uh, from where I'm at as a hunter, but I, I love saddle hunting. I think that's, I think people don't even look at it with like a, a bit of, you know, they don't think there's any, it doesn't carry any water. I think that's just very narrow-minded. I've loved it. I've loved it a lot. Um, just from the simple aspect, you can like hide behind the tree, you know, you can hide behind the tree. So when a deer's coming, you can just hide your silhouette and like just completely cover yourself with that tree. That's, that's one of the biggest things I like about it. You can shoot all the way around almost. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's, most of my stuff, I always take binoculars. I've heard a lot of people talk about on podcasts. They don't take binoculars while, while they're whitetail hunting. Um, wow. That's like <laughs> what I do, you know, like that's all I do. You get in the tree and you're like, what are you going to do for the next hour? Like, I don't know. Like I like to just absolutely melt into the glass and um, I'll take, I have a pair of 10 by 42. I think they're Vipers. Um, and I have a really nice pair it's a 18 by 56 razors from Vortex that I nice. love that you can just, like, I don't like looking through the single, um, you know, single eyepiece, which kind of strains my eye for the spotter. So I got a really high powered pair of binoculars and that seemed to be the, the way for me. So, yeah. Uh, and I'm going to be hunting on the downwind side of a bedding area on November 1st. <laughs> All right. Devin. <laughs> Uh, you're going to see if, if you didn't believe that we were at similar evolutions in our, in our careers um, or that we're two nuts in a sack, you will after I say <laughs> what I have to say, because we're very, we're very similar. But the one thing I'll say is he, he adopted saddle hunting um, probably a season before I did. Like he's the one that pulled me into it. Right. So like um, that, that was, that was something he explored before, before I did. But um, November 1st, I also am heavily invested into the first light um, systems. Depending on weather, what I love is their uh, catalyst system. So that's probably what I'm rocking. Maybe depending on how cold it is, I might have furnace long johns on underneath there, but um, the catalyst system, love it. Um, I've got a tethered saddle as well, the tethered phantom, I think it is. Um, I also have the tethered sticks. Again, it was just like, uh, that's what I the skeletors i think yeah um just invested into the system haven't tried a bunch of other stuff in the saddle hunting space because i'm new to it um just that's what i bought and that's where i'm at with that right now um my boots um that's that's probably a piece of gear i'm most interested in upgrading i'm not like a huge boot snob necessarily like i, I need to i need to especially when when, you, when it comes to hunting out west like i need to step up my footwear game but i'm I've got a, a pair of Irish setters, um, you know, mid-weight in terms of, of insulation that I just love. So that's what I'm wearing on my feet. Um, 
my bow is a Hoyt RX3 Turbo. Um, so a little bit older of a bow. I just love it. It's a fast shooting bow. It hits hard. I'm confident with it. Um, just love it. I have a Spot Hog Fast Eddie uh, sight on it. That is, I, I, I bought that sight and started shooting that uh, a couple years ago when I was getting ready to go out west to hunt elk. And I've just left it on there. It's a single pin, but it's got the second single post, but it's got two pins. Um, and it's the slider. So like that a lot. Um, release. I'm also shooting a UV button this year, just recently upgraded to that. We both shot them, um, or tested them at ATA. And that was kind of when we decided we were going to make the switch. We pre both previously were shooting wrist strap releases. So not just a new release in terms of a handheld, but it's like a whole different style. So we've had to, we're holding each other accountable to, I mean, it changes everything. So that's, that's going to be a, a new thing for me. You made that switch uh, this year. Yeah, we'll make it this year. Just just got it. So shooting with it now, and this will be my first season using it. I made that switch last year. So really? I, went, <clears throat> I went from a wrist strap release to, uh, it was a stand perfects, but I also have, I lost my stand perfects on November uh, 11th in the mm -hmm. woods in Iowa, two miles back on public. So <clears throat> I got back, I went to hunt the next morning and realized I didn't have it. So I had to go to a shields and buy a release and I bought the UV button and I did mm. buy the aluminum one as well. And yeah. then I went back to where I was hunting, found the release that I lost. And, um, when I go back and forth between the two, I do always gravitate, gravitate towards the UV button. So yeah. you guys picked a, a really good release there. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited about it again. I, I don't know much about that style of release yet. I'm just kind of cutting my teeth on it, but the main reason I chose the aluminum was just the, like the idea of it being a, maybe a little warmer in my hand when, uh, when it's really cold. Yeah. I think that's important personally. The, the weight to the stainless one, I, from what I remember was quite a bit heavier. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I just, <clears throat> aluminum is what we both went with there. Um, binoculars I agree. Like I'm, I'm not going anywhere without them on November 1st in Michigan. Anyway. Um, I have 10 by 42, diamondbacks that i take with me most of the time um i have two properties that i own one of them's like much tighter more intimate like heavily wooded thickets that kind of thing uh, so that in that case i would take the 10 by 42s my newer property that i live on which is 40 acres a lot of wide open stuff so i have some uh 12 by 50s uh vipers i think yeah. they are and i might take those depending on if, I, if that's where I'm hunting, just so I can see a little, a little farther. Um, bag, same thing. I have like a really basic field and stream bag. It just worked out well the way the straps work on it on the opposite side of like the straps that I hold because they hold my sticks well. So same thing. Like it was just an easy way for me to transport my sticks and platform. So uh, nothing special about the bag. Same thing. I'm always going to take a grunt tube and a rattle bag. Not to say I'm going to use it every time, but I'm taking it. Um, scent control. I, same thing. Scentless deodorant. I do spray down with some scent stuff before I go in the woods, but I'm not like a, I'm not a scent snob by any means. Like it's, it's something I pay some mind to, but I'm, I'm, I'm focused on, you know, the wind and making sure I'm hunting the right spots and so forth. Did I miss anything from gear perspective? At arrows, I shoot east and axis currently. Although um, Jake was telling me we gotta we gotta try some out, try out some of your stuff. So 
Yeah. Maybe so we'll make that we'll make that switch here. Fix that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a little little product switching, a little swapping. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that's cool. Um, I think you guys are in for a, a lot of fun switching the release this year. Um I had a very bad experience with it personally. Like right off the rip, I was so focused on like the way that you shoot the release and trying not mm-hmm. to punch it, trying not to punch it, that I dry fired my bow three times. I never put an arrow in the bow because I was so focused on what I was doing with my release. And I would shoot a shot and like, ah, that wasn't right. And I would just pull back and shoot it again. And it happened three times in a month. Wow. And I was so in my head. So hot tip, don't forget to put an arrow in your bow yeah. when you're they pushing releases. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyway, cool guys. Thank you for uh, sitting down with me. Right before we end up here, just kind of plug everything that you have going on again and um, let people know where to find out more about Painted Arrow. So if you Google Painted Arrow, we're right there. We're going to be the first couple of hits. On any social media platform, it's Painted Arrow. If you just search that, we're, we're one of the only ones. Um, one thing that I would, would like to plug is uh, we have on our website, PaintedArrowOutdoors.com, we have a submit your video tab and that's something that we didn't do as good of a job as we should have last year there was definitely a place to do it but we want to see the footage right um we've had some amazing footage that has been submitted to us so if you're using one of our many products um whether it's for the crossbow model or the compound or maybe it's one of these go mags that's kind of like a we want to see that footage and we every year what we call the mag five and we're highlighting the top five videos Last year, we did an awesome job. We brought all five, the top five view, videos that we thought were just unique. We brought them on. We interviewed them on our podcast, and we we definitely made a, a an award for the top place. So if you are listening and you do have one of our products, go to our website after you shoot something and submit it to us. That's all I say. Yeah, and if you have any questions about whether or not it works or not, there's the proof right there on the website of people actually using it. Yep. I'm, wa- I'm watching a video right now from the winner, Bow Hunt Better, and he shoots a big old buck. Yeah. That was a South Carolina buck, too. For real? Yeah. I didn't That'll know there was any deer like that in South Carolina. That's super pretty, too, like yeah. the, the morning that he shot it. Really cool. Yeah. Well, good deal, guys. Thanks again for uh, taking some time to talk with me today. I wish you guys the best of luck. And I'm sure we'll be talking again. I'll see you guys attack. Appreciate it, man. Thanks.